Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hello and welcome to Mick Podcast with the Irish Examiner. Now, a year ago this week, on the 14th of November 2022 to be precise, Vicky Phelan died. Her death at 48 was a terrible tragedy, first and foremost for her family, particularly her two young children. But I think it's fair to say that she had touched the nation as a whole and created a lasting legacy, particularly over the last four years of her life. That began in 2018 when she sued the state in a US laboratory over the misreading of slides for cervical cancer screening. She was not informed about the misreading until after she'd been diagnosed with cancer. In her legal action, she refused to sign a confidentiality agreement and for the rest of her life, she was an avid campaigner for improvements and reform in the area of cancer screening. She spent oceans of precious energy pursuing standards and justice in this respect, often at considerable personal cost. She also managed along the way to write a best-selling memoir. And in the last year of her life, she had begun making plans with Irene Feehan, feel-good editor with the Irish Examiner, for a high-profile public health awareness campaign to encourage women to get a cervical screening test. One of the fallouts from the whole cervical check scandal was there had been an alarming drop-off in numbers getting a test. Anyway, unfortunately, Vicky died before the project came to fruition. But this week... The Irish Examiner launched a campaign called Read My Lips with the help of a whole range of high-profile women in Irish life. And joining me to discuss the campaign and both her memories and the legacy of Vicky is Irene Fian. Irene, you're very welcome. Thank you, Mick. First of all, Irene, I suppose maybe we could start with how you came into contact with Vicky. Well, it started in late 2018, early 2019. I sent her an email to say that I was interested in chatting to her about a project. She very quickly got back and said, yes, I'm interested. I mentioned that we could work on a joint project for a guest edit edition. And she actually subsequently said, I grabbed it with both hands. She was very keen to get the message out there. I went up to meet her in Limerick. Uh, She was in the rented house uh, while her other house was being done up. And she was just had all the time in the world to give to this project at a time when she was also undergoing treatment herself, but prioritised getting the message out there about the importance of cervical screening tests. And not only that, she wanted people to understand the real complex issues that people with cervical cancer experience as well. And you met her a few times, Irene, and um, you very much developed an understanding about how important that would be. Indeed. Vicky would have said, regardless of her own experience with cervical check, She wanted to drive home the message that getting cervical screening is the best way to actually protect yourself against developing cervical cancer. And it's interesting that every year, uh, cervical checks identifies and treats pre-cancerous cells in 12,500 women. Many of these would have gone on to develop uh, cervical cancer if it had not been spotted. So I think that's a real, just just to point out to people that it remains the most important preventative measure you can take against cervical cancer. 
Yes, and of course also, I suppose it's important to point out that it is screening rather than diagnostic. And uh, that means, there, you know, there will be occasions when it won't catch, but that's a different matter from issues around the misreading of results and what have you that was at the heart of some of the issues that opened up here. I suppose, just in terms of Vicky herself, before we come on to the campaign, Irene, it's fair to say that, I mean, her influence and the impact she had on society as a whole in a relatively brief period. I mean, it was enormous. Mm. Extraordinary. And it seems as if that as when Vicky was just standing outside that court in 2018, she really caught what the, the importance of what the message she had for people. And it wasn't just, this is me who's been affected. She insisted that she would not sign away her anonymity. She, she wanted the message to reach all women and to protect all women. And she had such a clear voice as well. She had that gift of clarity. And she also, she was angry about what had happened to her and she didn't want this to happen to anybody else. I think Mick also, she was very aware of her political influence as well. I mean, one of the times we met, she would have spoken about, well, I'm getting calls from the Taoiseach's office. I'm getting calls from Simon Harris, the health minister at the time. Uh, she was in demand constantly from radio stations, from newspapers. So she knew that she had an opportunity to get the message out there and she just took it. Yeah, she did. And, you know, there was, I think it's fair to say there was an element of sacrifice about the whole thing because all of that was hugely sapping in terms of her energy and her time at a time in her life when time was so much more precious. And apart as well, Irene, from the, the direct uh, lobbying and, and the direct impact she had on the political system and the public in general, she was also involved in setting up the 221 organisation. Yeah, that's right. We had a very interesting article written by Stephen Teep um, in the paper on, on Friday. And so it started with Stephen Teep and Lorraine Walsh. And in fact, it was Stephen who first came up with the idea. I said, listen, what about all the other women? that have been affected by this and their families. What can we do to support these women? And uh, so that's where the 221 started. Uh, Vicky, obviously, very involved in it. She was also keen that other people would take ownership of it because she knew her time was short. So as Stephen and Lorraine then have done a lot of work and the work still continues on with 221+. Yes, very much so. And then, of course, the other thing was that there was a major report written by uh, Gabriel Scali in the Scali report into the whole area and what had actually gone wrong. And, and he specifically, I think he mentioned Vicky in the report and her efforts to bring it to fruition. And if I'm correct, it was actually published within a week or so of her death last year. The final report, and it was the, the specific reference in the report was Dr. Scali said, in particular, it, meaning the, 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 the scandal about voting, emerged because of the extraordinary determination of Vicky Phelan not to be silenced. Um, and, and they made a number of uh, recommendations in that report, in particular, the one about open disclosure, because that was at the kernel of what had befallen Vicky in that uh, the, the misreading and the issues that arose had not been automatically disclosed to her. Now, the, the, the law has been changed since, and Scali has, I think he referenced in that report, that there was a slow pace of movement in it, but the, the, the government were they, they, to create a framework which, and again to quote him, he said, fully supports telling patients the truth about possible errors in their care. And he said that this remained an issue that had not yet been fully 
uh, sorted out. And he suggested there was a lack of fully formed plan to fundamentally change how patients are dealt with and regarded within the health services. And I suppose, Irene, going back to that again, it was that element of it that Vicky Phelan effectively became an advocate for women in particular and patients in general in that respect, in, in, in terms of how they were dealt with within the health service, particularly by the what you might call the upper echelons of the service. Yeah, and I think what she changed was that she put the patient at the centre of the service so that it was no longer from the consultants or the HSE managing a service around what their needs and their deadlines are, but it was very much what are the needs of the patient and that they remain at the core. And I think that will be another real lasting legacy from Vicky as well. And that work continues on with the committee meetings, etc. Yes, very much so. To know what's really happening, subscribe to the Irish Examiner today at irishexaminer.com forward slash subscribe. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Now, Irene, tell me about the Read My Lips. Am I correct that that concept and that particular thing started in the UK? So it's for, it, it started with Joe's Trust in, in the UK back in about 2016. And it was about, it was based on the old smear tests. And it was about women wearing lipstick, a little smear. And they said, and they said, please go and get a cervical smear test at the time. It's since been changed to cervical screening since the introduction of the HPV testing in 2020. So after we had a very, very, very positive response to her guest edited edition, which came out in, in, on International Women's Day in 2019, I arranged to meet her in Limerick on the Midsummer's Day, 21st of June. She was in outstanding form. The Pembro was working. She was in remission and she was just would light up, as I said in the article, she'd light up a stadium. She was just in such good form. And I had, I said, I want to talk to you about other ideas. I said, what about doing something along read my lips and to encourage women to get a cervical screening test? And immediately her eyes lit up and she said, I love that idea. That was a little bit cheeky. She liked the fact there was some play involved in it and we were communicating a message. She was really, health education was very, very important to her. And uh, so we, that's where, that's where it started. She said, let's come back. She was due to go to, oh, she wanted summer off with her kids. She had plans to go to the America that summer as well. We said, we'd come back to it. And we did come back to it in emails. There was another phone call conversation another time when she did an interview with us for inter- an International Women's Day on uh, an, an, another year. And uh, she said, um, I want to, I'd like to follow up on that project. But her health deteriorated quite quickly. So I, I felt then coming up to her anniversary, that there was really an opportunity here just to carry out her wishes and to, to bring this campaign to fruition. So that's when we got in touch. It's been like our work in, in, in our, our lifestyle department. There was huge support within our, my own department and at the wider examiner, including marketing, to say, let's get this message out here. And so when we contacted high-profile people, 
we got a very quick yes from most of them. So just to name off those those people who generously, Whoa. those women who generously gave up of their time, we got sports broadcaster Jackie Hurley, TV presenter Mwiran O'Connell, beauty entrepreneur Amy Connolly, author Sarah Breen and Emer McLeisett, known for the Ashleen series, uh, lecturer and GP Sumi Dunn, and then the 221 founding member Lorraine Walsh. So we, we met in Dublin uh, about two weeks ago and we had the photo shoot, we had the video shoot and the, the mess. And we also had to really work very carefully on what was the script. So the script is, you know, read, read my lips, book a cervical screening test today. Screening saves lives. So the response has been, again, we have it. It's been up since last Friday. That's the 10th of November. And we've had just like an exceptional response. So uh, the engagement, very, very high uh, all across the board. And then it's just so uh, encouraging to see then this stream of women uh, starting over the weekend, particularly since starting yesterday and today, uh, posting pictures of themselves, you know, putting on lipstick, saying, read my lips, get a cervical screening test. So it's, we're rolling out the message and the engagement is very high. I, I'm no doubt that Vicky would be delighted to see the response to it. Yeah, it's fantastic, all right. And, and, and as you say, the, the, the level of support for the whole thing. And, and because it was definitely an issue in terms of, I think, because just people got turned off. Women in particular got turned off by the idea of going for a test one, once this arose initially, and there was issues. I think people know, and, and there was a certain amount of whether or not it was accurate, but like all these things, you're going to have fear is going to spread for one reason or another. And there was issues too over the fact that a lot of the labs, they were being sent to the greatest extent to labs in the US. I think that since got rectified. And there's been uh, serious efforts to get the whole thing back on track. But there there really was a requirement for some kind of campaign like yes. this. Yes, there was a real crisis of confidence in cervical check at the time. And it's it's just so good that Vicky came out very early to say, please continue to get your, your cervical uh, screening tests. Uh, and then equally, like uh, Lorraine Walsh saying, it is it, the service now has has improved. Please continue to get it. Uh, it is the best defence against uh, cervical cancer. So that message, she, she did so much to support the organisation as well, uh, which I think is is to her huge credit. Uh, Mick, could I also add that there's other people that come to mind that did an awful lot as well, mm. like Lindsay Bennett. She died like 34, just weeks before Vicky. You have Emma Mahuna, who died in 2018, 37. Uh, and they as I say, forfeited their privacy in, in order to bring public attention to their own misdiagnosis, but also to warn other women about the importance of prioritising their health. And then there's the women who came forward from 221 Plus at the support group to tell their story. So all those women did a lot. And then we've got the extraordinary Laura Brennan, who died in 2019. She was just 26 and like the, from the time she was diagnosed with terminal cervical cancer, she devoted all that time to promoting the HPV vaccine introduced first in 2010 uh, for girls and then 2019 uh, for boys. And it's just to give an idea, like, like, like in that one year, because the, the campaign was initially for the vaccine program, it, was, it wasn't taking off in the way they needed to. So they saw like that uptake uh, from it was at a low 51% to an 81% in the time that campaign ran. And then a lovely just story that like 
and just to 91% in her home county, Clare. So, so that one, like Laura, d- did so much to get the message out there. Uh, and I, those women need to be recognised as well. Absolutely. You mentioned the HPV vaccine. Of course, there was issues around the perceptions about the HPV vaccine. And in some cases, I think it's fair to say that there was uh, certain campaigns that, that, that were anti it. And, and uh, there was counter campaigns to show that there was disinformation being spread about it. And as you say, that was really worrying at one stage. That was down around 50%. I remember that myself. And that's a... Uh, Whatever you say, that's a fantastic achievement to get it up to those kind of figures you're talking about there, Irene. Yeah, and it's it's lovely to see the World Health Organization has also recognised Laura's contribution as well to rolling out. And Ireland is actually, which is really good, and I, there's an announcement coming out from the HSE shortly about this, is like we're one of the first countries in the world to commit to cervical cancer elimination. Now, that's fewer than four cases diagnosed per every 100,000, but that's an extraordinary position to come in such a short time from 2018. Where, where there was so, so much doubt about cervical, cervical check. Now we've got an incredibly strong service, also supported by the HPV testing as well, which is a lot more sensitive and picking up cancers at a much earlier stage. Yes. Have you had any um, reaction or encouragement from the likes of the HSE to the campaign? Um, they have been very positive about it and really glad to see that we're getting the message out there. And obviously, from in every in every post we have, we said, please get check the register cervicalcheck.ie. So we're very much public health information and getting the message out there. This is where you need to go. And Irene, I suppose at this point, can we look and say that to a certain extent, what happened with cervical check was indicative of a wider issue around uh, women's health care and the way it is regarded, certainly in, in, in some parts of, of the overall service, whether or not it receives the proper attention and priority that, uh, that Vicky fought for all the time. Well, I, I think if you look back on the history of, of just the healthcare, the healthcare for women in Ireland, tragically, there has been a very low moments in terms of how women have been treated uh, down through the decades. So I think there's, there is definitely a, a move towards respecting the need for women's health. I think certainly since Vicky, and this is an, another huge contribution she made, that women will not be quiet anymore about their health. And you, you see the voice, very strong voices coming out from the menopause movement as well. They're saying, look, we need to be taken just as seriously investment needs to be put into women's health and we no longer are prepared to be to be second best put down the line so that women will put up with, with second rate treatment. I, I think that day is gone myself. Yes, and rightly so as well. Um, there's no doubt yet the, the, the contribution that Vicky made, I think it was unparalleled in an awful long time and uh, her, her contribution will be remembered for an awful long time as well. She wrote, I have a quote here, she wrote in, in her... Um, her memoir, Overcoming, she she wrote about the end of her own life. My ashes will be scattered in the water on the silver sands of the beach at Dunamore and I will become part of the sea once more, part of the wild Atlantic Ocean where only the white horses can catch me. She had a way with words too, Irene. She had a wonderful way of words and what I would say then, may her spirit run free with the white horses. She had, and she had. There was a depth to her that sometimes uh, that that surprised me as well. 
Uh, she had a huge interest in, in music. She read widely and she reflected deeply as well. So Vicky Phelan was a great gift to the country and we gained, women in particular, gained hugely from her. Irene Fian, feel good editor of the Irish Examiner. Thank you very much for joining us today. And once more, folks, just to draw your attention to that, you'll see it in the Examiner, you'll see it elsewhere as well. Read my lips, the campaign. Read my lips, go out and get a cervical check. Irene, thank you very much. Thank you, mate. I'd also like to thank our engineer, JJ Vernon. Thank you, folks, for listening. We'll talk to you again soon. Take it easy. <laughs>